our newest guest of the Beaver Tales podcast is Felicia Anderson, an Oregon State swimmer, and actually our first guest in this podcast of an athlete who transferred away from Oregon State. Now, it wasn't because she was dissatisfied with OSU. She just simply could not compete anymore for Oregon State. Felicia was a swimmer up until 2019 for the Beavers, and then the program was disbanded after her junior year, right after her final meet of the season. And she was told, you've got to find a new team or stay at Oregon State, but you can't swim anymore. It was a tough decision for her, just a really tough time for all the swimmers. So she did transfer for her final year and went to SMU. So she goes over to Texas and finishes out her collegiate career. And right before the finish of that season and maybe an opportunity at nationals, and she had already qualified for Olympic trials, then all that falls through because of the coronavirus pandemic and her senior year is cut short. So she has two programs just fall and crumble into pieces before her for different reasons, things she can't control, and the element of Olympic trials being delayed for a year. Keep in mind, the Olympic trials are extremely difficult to qualify for. The times you need to achieve basically rule out all but the most elite of swimmers from around the nation. Even to just make Olympic trials, even if you don't then make the highest elite cut of those swimmers and make it to the Olympic team just to compete in the Olympic trials is a major, major accomplishment. And so for her to have that opportunity taken away from her where she was going to compete in June of 2020 and then had to make a tough decision, do I continue to train for a whole year? It, it had lined up perfectly where her college career had ended the year of Olympic trials. So she trained those four. And now do I try to extend my career and put my whole life on hold to train for Olympic trials in 2021. Now she had to wrestle with these decisions and she told me what her final decision is. Uh, I'll let her speak for herself when she shares that story here on the podcast, but just crazy events that happened to her. And I think you'll be amazed at how she handled that. And I asked her how that affected her and what her mentality is in response to all those things. It is quite the trip to hear how Felicia Anderson has handled just an absurdly dismal yet strikingly fun collegiate career. Felicia is also the granddaughter of Oregon State legend Jimmy Anderson, an Oregon State Athletics Hall of Famer. He spent 37 years playing and then coaching for Oregon State in the men's basketball program. I would always see Jimmy and his wife Fifi at the Oregon State swim meets when I was doing the public address announcing for them. It was fun to see their connection, and Felicia comes from a very athletic family. She also likes to give a shout-out to a couple businesses. I always ask the guests, the former Oregon State athletes, if they have any businesses or charities they want to give a shout-out to, since I'm using this podcast to give some people some free exposure. And she says, well, my favorite restaurants in Corvallis were Block 15 and Sky High. I did check online. They are both still open during the pandemic for takeout and delivery. Block 15 is open and Sky High is also open for curbside pickup and free delivery. They're open Wednesday through Sunday. You can check out their websites and still order and uh, tell them Felicia sent you, I suppose. Those are her two favorite restaurants. We'll give them a little shout out on this podcast. All right, here is quite the compelling story from our Oregon State swimmer, Felicia Anderson. Felicia Anderson, how are you doing today? And thanks for coming on the podcast. 
I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I was going to ask if you were in Texas since you transferred to SMU, did you come back to Oregon? And it turns out the answer is neither one of those. You're in a completely <laughs> different state. How did you end up in uh, North Carolina of all places? Yeah, so I was coming um, to North Carolina with my boyfriend for a family wedding of his. And we ended up like coming right in the midst of quarantine. And we just stayed. I'm on day 35 now here. Wow. Yeah, you learn a lot about a person when quarantined exactly. with them. I hope things are going well with oh, him. And is, this is great. the first time you met. Did you meet his family for the first time there and then stay for a month with them? No, I've met them before, which okay. is good. Yeah, you learn a lot about some people after living with them for 35 days and not really having too many other hobbies. But yeah. we're making, making it work. As a Division One athlete, how are you trying to stay active? Are there pools that you can get into? Are you going into running or other cardio stuff? How are you staying active? Yeah, so pretty much there's nothing open. Such pools are like Petri dishes. You can't really go swimming yeah. in them right now. So those are all closed. Um, I've been running a lot. We've been, I've actually been golfing way more than I ever have in my life. Um, I was on the high school golf team, so it's been nice to kind of have some time to tune up those skills as I enter into retirement for, from swimming. Um, but we've been doing a lot of the like high intensity interval training, just YouTube videos. They're like 40 minute workouts and they're awesome. That was a little known part of your bio. I mean, you, you lettered in golfing, at least in high school. Your dad, I think, was a collegiate golfer also, if I remember correctly. Did you ever consider, can I try out for the Oregon State team? Oh, man, I wish I was good enough to have done that. Um, back when I was in high school, I looked into trying to go to maybe D3 and do both, but I just liked swimming too much, and it would have been a different level, and I wanted to go do it yeah. big. So that kind of helped make that decision for me. But I'm just glad I learned, and now I can can do the do or I can golf the rest of my life yeah. we'll get into your time at Oregon State in just a second but you spent your final year of collegiate eligibility in Texas swimming for SMU although it was cut short at the end how did your senior year go throughout all the the dual meet portions and the meets that you did have the workouts a new team a new coach a new university how was that all going at least up until the crazy end it was such a fun year I have zero complaints so it was, I was getting, I'm getting my master of science in management there. So I, it was cool to leave Oregon State and come into a totally new like degree as well. So it felt like a really new, just fresh start. And my team was amazing. Um, swimming, I had best times in my 100 and 200 backstroke, which can't come in almost all my races I did. So can't complain about that. I made lifelong friends and I got to experience a new culture that I wouldn't have, um, it's very different than Oregon. I'll say that. <laughs> Texas, yeah. nothing alike. I think the closest thing to a mountain we have is like a small hill, <laughs> like, um, very small incline. So that was definitely different. Can't go have um, fun hikes in, on the weekends at all. But so that was an adjustment, but I, I really liked it. It was such a fun year. Yeah. The crazy thing is not very many people are in the record books in one school in any sport, let alone two. And you you broke a couple records in your time at Oregon State, and then you go to SMU, and you're in the top 10 in school history at SMU in the 100 backstroke and the 200 backstroke. Can you describe what that's like to be in the record books at two different schools? Yeah, it feels really good. Um, I'm just glad I could come and make my mark in both programs and hopefully um, kind of keep my name out there. 
it's something that I'm proud of and especially being at Oregon State for um, the three years I was to now have that 50 freestyle record forever is feels really good and um, I know I'm very proud of myself for that. It's always a ticking clock when you hold a record of when's, when is that going to get beaten? When's the next person right. going to come along? You don't have to worry about that. There's no swimming <laughs> program at Oregon State. You That's will hold true. that record until yeah. the day you die. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So when you think of your time at Oregon State and the first three years you had swimming for Jennifer Buffin, all the teammates you had, can you kind of put it all into perspective, the good and the bad it's not common for a program to get cut while you're still there and you still had one year of eligibility when you got that news. So right. when you think of Oregon state, what comes up? Is it, is it bittersweet? Is it both positive and negative one more than the other? I'm sure there are multiple emotions going on there, but what, what kind of first comes to mind when you think of Oregon state? Yeah, definitely more all positive. I'm just so fortunate to have got to swim with the ladies that I did to be coached by Jen and Michael for three years um, and you know it, it kind of worked out in for my circumstances that I um, ended up working towards a, an accelerated degree in three years so I didn't really miss out on that senior year there I got to graduate with my class and um, it came to a really good close I got to spend three years like next to my grandparents too which can't um, ever complain about that um, I do miss it and a lot of my friends are still there so that's kind of hard um, I think the hardest part of the program being cut was a lot of the girls on our team just had no idea that their last race was their last and I think that's still I guess forever gonna burn a little bit in that sense but um, yeah I don't really have anything bad to say about it so you have that news where you you hear the programs getting cut, there's no more swimming. And then you go to SMU and you, you have a really solid season. You get named, you know, a swimmer of the week in the conference at one point and you getting, you know, some PRs there. And then you have sort of a similar weird end where the season get cut, gets cut court by the pan, get cut short by the pandemic and you don't have a lot of the opportunities you thought you were gonna have what was the timeline and how did you, was it before the conference meet and how did you hear that news? How did that all come to an end for your senior season to get cut short? Right. Um, so we finished our conference meet and I had my, a few NCAA B cuts, which were cool. I was waiting to hear if I um, was going to get picked for the NCAA team. Um, it turns out I didn't get picked. So that was kind of with all this happening, um, I guess a good thing that I didn't because all the girls who are the girl on our team who did get picked wasn't able to go after she was getting ready to go like one day before. So that was really, really sad for her. Um, but I had just gotten back from my spring break and was getting back into my second week of training, you know, just after conference, I took a week off, went to Florida, had some fun and then came back and was just getting back in the swing of things. And then suddenly they, we have a practice, they call us and say, NCAAs is canceled. All of our meets that all the girls were training for leading up to Olympic trials was canceled. Potentially Olympic trials will be canceled. Um, everybody go wherever you're gonna go for quarantine and we'll, we'll keep you updated. And we were like, what? So it was all a lot of news very suddenly. It was all within one practice even actually. We, wow. everything was wow. fine before practice <laughs> and our coaches were on their phone the whole practice and I was like they're never on their phone this is kind of weird but we didn't think much of it and then got out <laughs> and everything was canceled 
so we just kind of had to go with the flow like there's nothing we could do about it and um, we obviously weren't the only athletes in this situation so the best we could do was support the people who um, was go were going through the same thing and just try to keep a positive outlook. You have one of the most intriguing athletic collegiate careers because you have a, a stellar career at one school and the program gets dropped. You transfer and you start another year and then the whole season gets cut short. You don't yeah. have an opportunity to go to nationals. You had qualified for the Olympic trials and now that yeah. is best case just delayed and I'll come back and ask of what that looks like and if you'll still be able to go in 2021. But yet through all of that, you say it with a smile and you're laughing as you talk about your collegiate career, the thing you'd worked for so hard and you're smiling the entire time. What, yeah. Why is that? Because I'm very happy with how it all went. I seriously have zero regrets about anything that happened to me. I think everything happened for a reason and I'm coming out of it with two amazing degrees. I've met so many amazing swimmers along my, my time at Oregon State and at SMU and there's no reason to not smile about that. I love it. I, I love that idea. I was a little worried. Should I even ask about the, you know, is no. this going to be hard? But you, you have about the most positive outlook. So as far as Olympic trials, you had a qualifying time. It was in the 100 backstroke. That would have been in 2020 Olympic trials and the Olympics have already been delayed to 2021. It seemed, at least in the release, I saw that initially they're saying anyone who qualified for 2020 can swim in 2021 is that what you're hearing and do you believe you'll still be able to compete in the olympic trials and have a chance to move on to the olympics will you still be able to go to, to omaha and olympic trials next year right um so yes they are still take anybody who has, has an olympic qualifying time within the correct period can still go um in 2021 um i've actually made the decision to call it quits and retire and another year of swimming my body just can't take it and I'm coming out on top um time for me to enter the workforce and do something new so yeah I've made that decision and we'll not be going to trials but we'll definitely be watching maybe I'll go and watch live <laughs> <laughs> well consider that breaking news of your retirement for Felicia Anderson no longer <laughs> swimming you do have yeah. correct me if I'm wrong if they allow everyone who qualified for the Olympic trials to still have that qualification for next year, you do have the choice. Do I still want to train and be prepared and taper for that meet and go into it at your highest possible level? Since you qualified, couldn't you still not train the entire year, pig out on Cheetos the whole time, and then show up to Olympic trials and still swim in the meet because you qualified a whole year before? That's what a few people have been t telling me I should do, um, actually, um, my parents included, which is pretty funny, but technically I could do that, but I have never gotten dead last in an event in my entire life, and I will not go out on the bottom, so I cannot be upset with where uh, my last meet was at conference, and that's how I'd like to remember <laughs> my last swim meet. I think that's a, a respectable choice. It would be funny to see people compete <laughs> at their lowest, borderline disrespectful to the other people that have worked for that. So it's a mixed bag, and I, I respect yeah. your decision to just that's a that's a big thing though to let go. I mean, to make Olympic trials, even for those who compete in Olympic trials and don't make the Olympics, that in of itself is a giant accomplishment that few people can do. So your ability to hold that loosely and say, you know what? I, I had the opportunity, I lost it, 
And that's that. It, that's pretty impressive. I don't know where that comes from, but you seem to really hold it with your head high. Yeah, well, I mean, I, the qualifying was the big part for me, and it was the process of getting there. Um, at the meet, you know, it's very, very, very difficult to make the Olympic team. Um, and my goal was to really just go and have fun at that point. And after I got that cut, honestly, that's my, that was, has been my perspective on swimming. I mean, it, it's always been fun for me. Don't get me wrong. But after that, that was my number one goal was to get that cut. So kind of was a little bit relieving almost. Um, once I had it, I could just kind of put my feet up and just do my best. Um, and now it's kind of like not going. It's okay. I kind of reached my goals. and while it would have been great to go and maybe I'll still go and watch you're kind of making me think I should more and more now um like I'm just not gonna hold anything and just move on and um be happy with what I was able to do I, I hope people that you talk with and friends understand the gravity of what you accomplished because to make that cut is a serious honor and accolade so although you, you won't be able to show pictures or video of hey look at me competing in olympic trials uh you, you deserve a lot of credit for that um, so that's a big deal Let, let's go back a little bit to oregon state and and your memories there your grandfather jimmy anderson kind of started it all as a hall of famer you know, oregon state athletics hall of fame 37 years as a player and coach you came up from portland central catholic but it seemed like you were a the connection to Oregon State was strong. When did you first realize this isn't just my grandfather's dream, but I'm going to be a student athlete there at OSU? Um, well, I, I have always been a big Beaver fan. I just know every baby picture of me, I'm just dressed in like the little um, kid, like cheerleading outfits for like the Beaver cheerleading outfits. So I've always been a Beaver and it's always been a dream of mine to go and um, be able to compete there, you know, and I'm actually of 12 cousins, grandkids they have. Um, the only one who went, or me and my sister, are the only one who went to Oregon State, and but the only one who was able to play a sport there. So I think it was really nice to be able to make my grandparents proud and my parents proud with that and continue on our history there. Yeah, it's just really important to me to kind of stick with my roots in that sense, but it's really nice this year to kind of, kind of come and see something new now in Dallas. You're still finishing your degree at SMU, or you're doing it kind of online, doing it from North Carolina. What's kind of next for you academically and professionally for you in the, in the coming months and years? Yeah, so I'm getting my Master of Science in Management. It's a one-year program, so I'm actually in my second to last week. We, do, we kind of have a weird schedule. We do four seven-week modules, and then we're done next. Uh, next week and we were supposed to graduate May 16th but our graduation just got pushed to August 15th so we'll see if that happens <laughs> hopefully it does um, and then moving on after that I actually just recently accepted a job offer with a company called ISN software and it's in Dallas so it looks like I'll be sticking around in Dallas for a little bit longer and it's a business development associate role um, and yeah that's kind of my loose plans so far okay <laughs> take it by day until then well congratulations on already getting hired and have something to look forward to um that's amazing do you, do you have uh an idea of what that job will look like and your goals in the industry beyond that um yeah i'm kind of keeping it short-term goals right now i just want to kind of get into um this first job of mine and just kind of go all in and see what i can do and hopefully make an impact uh 
the company works with um, contractors or helps corporations find contractors basically, um, which is incredibly important. They um, have a software that does background and safety checks. So I'd be working kind of with that software and help verifying these contractors. Um, so I think it's an incredibly important job and it helps a lot of companies operate safely. Um, so I'm really excited to just kind of go all in with that and see what happens after that. One last question, uh, Oregon State related, and then I'll kind of wrap it up. It was fun to see uh, Jimmy and Fifi, or your grandparents, you know, he's the legendary coach and they would come to all the swim meets. I remember seeing him over in the bleachers and watching you compete. Yeah. Did you have to, him being with a basketball background, did you have to coach him up on the nuances of swimming? Was he familiar <laughs> with the strokes and the technique and what that all meant? Or what was that like to, to have your grandfather be invested in, in your own career? Yeah, he pretty much had to take a crash course, course on swimming <laughs> um, to kind of understand what it was all about in the beginning. But after my freshman year, he really caught on. But it was still pretty funny. He, with basketball, you know, you either win or you lose. Um, he kind of <laughs> had a hard time grasping that second place, third place, or sometimes just as good as the winning in a lot of instances. And you're racing a time more so than sometimes the people next to you, which, you know, I always like to win the races as well. But he, that's kind of all he saw <laughs> a lot of the time, just coming from a basketball background. So that was a lot of teaching him <laughs> to try to understand that second was, I could be just as happy with second as first <laughs> sometimes. Um, but, you know, they were my biggest supporters. As you said, they came to every meet and I'm so lucky to have had them for the three years I did. If you get an Olympic trial cut and you finish second in a, in a heat, that's still, that's a victory right there. And, and I could see why that'd be tough. So you were coaching him up a little bit on swimming. Did he ever try to get you in the gym and practice your jump shot and go the other way and get you to play some basketball? <laughs> Not exactly basketball, but he actually did. He taught me how I lived with them for a summer in between my freshman and sophomore year. And my grandpa, every day we, um, he taught me how to fight. <laughs> So that was something that I'm very thankful for. So now <laughs> he always says whenever we see each other for the first thing, he says, put them up. <laughs> we always have a little fight, but it's so funny. Um, so he's still coaching me in lots of different stuff, but not basketball. <laughs> how, how dedicated did those trainings get? I mean, did you really learn? Are you a good fighter or just a, you know, a couple? I'm not great, small? but okay. I can, I'm, I'm coachable. I'll say okay. that. Okay. And he's a good coach. So it worked well. <laughs> All right. Well, note taken, don't mess with Felicia. Things exactly. get hectic. I, I don't want to fight you. So uh, last couple of questions here to kind of put it all in perspective as you look back at your collegiate career, having one school disband the program, but you still feel so grateful towards Oregon State and love your memories there to go to SMU and have a good year and have that cut short and then to look forward to everything that you've got going in Dallas and, and the memories of what could have been with the Olympic trials and still making that. What sort of lessons have you learned in life over the past, I guess it's been about you know four years since you arrived at Oregon State how have you changed as a person compared to when you walked onto campus at Oregon State back in uh, September four years ago? Honestly, my, I'm going to keep this one short. Don't take anything for granted because it goes by very fast and it can be gone in just as fast. So appreciate everything and just have fun. That's all it's about. 
that's perfect. Very succinct and you're fast like a swimmer should be. So that's, uh, <laughs> that's perfect. Well, Felicia, thanks so much for your time. You have an incredible career and I love your attitude and the alacrity you have in talking about things many other people would take with a serious amount of gloom and depression. So I, I really appreciate your attitude and, and the time you've taken. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. What a free, fun-loving spirit Felicia Anderson has. It was so fun to talk with her. And not only does she have the connection with Jimmy Anderson, being a legend in his own right and her grandfather, but she really carved out her own story at Oregon State and beyond. And I don't think I can understate how big the lost opportunities were that she had that fell through her fingers. I mean, the opportunity of nationals, not out of the question of going to Olympic trials, of finishing out her senior season on a high note, and all of those things taken away from her. It wasn't her choice. She had no control over the matter, and she seems just so content with it all. So I really respect that, and that's what this podcast is for, is showing the amazing stories of what Oregon State athletes have done and what they're yet to do. As always, it's been a pleasure with you on the Beaver Tales podcast. I really appreciate everyone tuning in. I'm Josh Warden. Until the next time we may meet over the internet.